I invite you to open the scriptures to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read a few verses there. We'll read Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. Yeah, 1 through 4. And um, then Genesis 17, 1 through 8. Hear the word of God in Genesis 12. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Turn now to Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, for your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Let's turn now to the book of Ruth. After Joshua, after Judges, you'll find the book of Ruth. Last week we began with the, uh, the background that it was a time when there was no king in Israel and everyone was doing right in their own eyes and there's, there's that famine. And so this family of Elimelech left. So we're reading now Ruth chapter 1, and as I was preparing the sermon, I was surprised to learn that this is a Thanksgiving chapter. Sometimes it's by arrangement, surprisingly. And uh, Thanksgiving Day in the Jewish tradition would have been around May. It works out like this. If you think as a farmer, your first crop is coming off, in our language, it would be like the winter wheat coming off early on. And in Israel, that's their first main harvest. And so somewhere in May, you have one of the great feasts called the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Ingathering. We call it Pentecost. This is when the Gentiles begin to come in. And it's part of our thankfulness. It's not just the, what's on the fields that's coming in. But it's also people. God is bringing the Gentiles in. And so this story of Ruth, it's dear to the hearts of so many who come as an outsider into the Christian faith, gathered into the church of Christ. And uh, this, this is the required reading for Thanksgiving Day. 
if you're from the Jewish tradition. Anyway, now it's Ruth chapter 1. Hear the word of God. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab, the name of the one was Orpah, the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Kilion also died, so the woman survived her two sons and her husband. And here's what we're focusing on this morning. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. There's some background there probably. You can assume the pattern of judges at this time where every time the people of Israel were under great duress, they were suffering, then they would turn to the Lord God and the Lord would hear their cries, the Lord would send deliverance and things would turn around again. So here's verse 6. They had heard that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Now, verse 7, Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and Ruth, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem, and it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was ex excited because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, 
and the Lord has brought me back home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabites, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. May the Lord add his blessing to the word we've just read. After the sermon, we're going to continue to sing from hymn 76. Hymn 76 is that hymn we usually use for Thanksgiving Day. It's about a great harvest. It's about the end time harvest. The wheat and the tares parable where everything is grown together. Believers and unbelievers grown together. You might not be able to tell much of a difference. But on the day when Christ returns, he will separate his wheat from the tares. So hymn 76, 3 and 4 at the end of the sermon. Congregation loved by Jesus Christ our Lord. Naomi gives us a lesson on how not to do evangelism. How not to win your neighbor for Christ. That's Naomi. She has no hope to offer. No hope that she can think of. Naomi, you can say, is like a, a church-growing person. She's been a child of God, born in the land of Israel, a covenant child, having grown up with all God's promises. She could have been so thankful. She could have been filled with joy. But she sees nothing to be thankful for. Her faith, if, if you want to call it faith, she has no hope in the things that are unseen. Instead, she is bitter and negative. You can hear how negative she is. You might say realistic she is. But listen, you don't want to go with me, she's saying to her daughters-in-law. I have nothing to offer. There's no way I could suddenly get married, get pregnant, produce sons for you. We read this in Verses 12 to 13. This argument of absurdity. Would you hang around until I produce sons for you so that you could have children of your own? Going along with me is a waste of your life. That's what Naomi says. And isn't that the tone here? Why would you come with me to my land and to my people? We have nothing to offer you. We're a messed up bunch ourselves. This is nothing new, right? You will come across bitter Naomi's in church. Men and women, all ages, all sizes. Maybe it's you. Maybe you are one of these. You say, this place and these people are an absolute waste of time. Don't join up with us. In fact, I'm halfway out of here. Why say that? Because though you believe all the things that Naomi believes... You believe there is a God. You believe God is absolutely in charge of all things. God has a purpose. You believe God is faithful. To you, this still translates to bitterness and negativity. No hope, no joy. And maybe you've got your reasons. Pain that you carry. Sins that you see. Sinners that you see around you. The lack of holiness. 
maybe you don't see it, that your bitterness is sending people off to darkness like Naomi was doing. Naomi basically saying, don't come with me, stay with your land, stay with your people, your gods. Yeah, stay in the land of Chemosh. You know something about the god of Chemosh, of the Moabites? Wasn't he the one that, that Israel was at times offering their children in fire to the god of Chemosh? That's what the Moabites did regularly. Demands child sacrifices. But cuts Naomi some slack because she, she adds a bit of faith language to it. Verses 8 and 9. The Lord deal kindly with you over there. The Lord grant you to find rest over there in the land of Moab. You can have both worlds. The God Chemosh of, of Moab and the Lord God of Israel. You don't have to give up everything. Don't give up your land or your culture, your family. You can have it all. Don't follow me. So that makes absolute sense to a lot of us, a lot of people. You can buy a life plan, and religion is an add-on feature for $10 a month. You have your life plan. For $20 a month, you can be a better person. That's how some people think of it. Beware of these Naomi's that do not see that following Christ is all the difference. It's the difference between life and death. Someone like this would suck the spiritual life out of you. So I, I urge you as we begin, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life, Proverbs 4 says. Here's Naomi's identity. She used to be sweet. That's what her name meant. Used to be pleasant. But now she tells the people of Bethlehem, Call me Mara. Call me bitterness. Call me Mara for the Almighty has marred me. Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Verse 21, I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Really? You, you left the land of Israel full and the Lord has brought you back empty? This should be clear to us, this Naomi Someone knowing the one true God all her life long. She knows a lot of true things about God, but there's no joy, no hope, and no thanks. I want to turn our attention now to Ruth. Because the Lord God, as the story is told for us, really highlights Ruth. Someone new to the faith. She's an outsider, a Moabitess. You notice how often she's called Ruth the Moabitess, just in case you forgot where she came from, that she's not one of us. She has something to say. In effect, she is saying, how could you not be thankful? How could you not be hopeful? How could you not be joyful? And Ruth comes up with this beautiful poem poetry, you notice that there's parallelism and repetition in there. It's the song of Ruth. And it's the song of an outsider. Ruth the Moabitess has given us a wake-up call. She's more excited than we are. 
more hopeful. And what's going on? What does she know that we don't know? Maybe you should read it with me. You have your Bible open in, Rome, in Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. This song of Ruth is amazing. It's used a lot at Christian weddings. The bride sings this to her husband if she's really skillful. You hear all of this commitment in there. This love, this loyalty, this devotion. Until death do us part. Ruth clings to Naomi. It reminds me of Zechariah 8 verse 3. In those days, ten men from every language of the nation shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, let's go with you. We have heard that God is with you. Or, or think of this, during the time of Jesus' ministry. Jesus Christ has been preaching hard things. Uh, John chapter 6 records this. And many of the people in the crowds are leaving the Lord Jesus they're turning away. Then Jesus turns to his 12, the last 12 there. He says, do you want to go away as well? Peter answers, John 6, 68, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so the song of Ruth captures this hope. Wherever you go, I will go. The Lord is with you. I'm never going to let go of you. And you have to see Ruth compared to Naomi. The faith of Ruth. I call it faith. And we have no idea what it's made of, what she was taught. How much did she learn from her Israelite husband and from Naomi? But this song is deep. Theologically deep. I wonder how much she knew, if she even knew the half of what she was saying. Because the Holy Spirit's giving her these words. Words that, that tie right in with the very promises of Abraham. That's why we read Genesis 12 and 17 to remind us. God said to Abraham, go. Go from your country, from your kindred, from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And like Abraham, you think of Abraham living in Ur of the Chaldees. Ruth is saying, I will go too. I will go. And sure, Naomi, yeah, you're telling me I should stay in Moab and settle there with the Lord's blessing in that land of darkness, but I will go, she says, Ruth says. Leave, I will leave my old identity behind, my family, my culture, my religion, my friends, everything I'm used to. Everything that's home, I'm going to leave behind. You know, a lot of us as congregation have moved over the years. But this is nothing like that. Totally cut off from the past. More like the early days, like the 1950s when immigrants would come from Holland. You'd almost never count on seeing family again. 
For Abraham, for Ruth, to go, it means cutting ties, means running from everything that you were used to, the darkness that you were in, the religion that you were in, the slavery there. And no doubt, Ruth could think of the horrors children offered in the fire to Molech, the god of Moab. That's a place without hope. That's death back there. That's hell. So brothers and sisters, you have to go too. I hope you hear this as you read the Gospels. If you're to follow Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ isn't going to say things like Naomi says. Oh, just stay where you are and uh, God will bless you over there where you are. No, he says, get out of the boat and come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You have to leave your old identity behind. You hear this in the New Testament. Your old nature, uh, the Apostle Paul calls this flesh. Jesus will say it like this, cut off the hand, pluck out the eye. It's better to enter the kingdom without an eye or a hand than for your whole body to go into hell. It's Matthew 5, 29. The Lord Jesus said this, Luke 14, verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, and the word hate, count as second rate. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even hate his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Are you going? In what ways are you leaving your old self behind? Because you can't be Christian. You can't be a follower of Christ by that name Christian if you're not leaving Satan and sin behind every day. But you know that we're only at the first half of this to leave things behind. Where you go, I will go. You leave things behind. You've had enough of the shame, the slavery of sin in the past. But well, what about the other half? Where are you going to? Ruth has a lot about this in her song. Where you go, Naomi, that's where I'm going. Where you lodge, where you stay overnight, Naomi, that's where I'm going to stay. And your people shall be my people, your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there shall I be buried. Does Ruth even know the half of what she's saying? This is not light and fluffy stuff. She's talking about her death, burial, where you die, where you get buried. There I shall be buried in your dirt, in your land. This is, this is awesome. She's clinging to Naomi and Ruth is saying, I want to be joined to your people. I want to be joined to your God. I want to be joined to your land. Does Ruth even know the half of what she's singing? All of those promises that God has made to Abraham. Think of God's commitment to Abraham that we read about. I will give you land. And Ruth says, I want to be buried in that land. God's saying, I will make you a great nation. And Ruth is saying, I want to belong to your nation, these people. 
God's commitment. I will, I will be your God. And Ruth is saying, I want you to be my God. And God's commitment, I will bless all nations and all peoples around. And Ruth is saying, bless me. I'm one of them. I'm an outsider. I'm a Gentile. God's commitment. I will make kings come from you. And Ruth says, wait, what? Yeah, that's skipping ahead. You see, what God said to Abraham was unbelievable. A hundred-year-old man becoming a huge kingdom, blessing all peoples, and kings would come from him. Genesis 17, verse 6. And what's awesome is that Ruth is taking what little bits that she knows of God's promises, pieces here and there, anything that gives her a glimmer of hope that Naomi represents, and she latches onto it, hardly believing what God will do. What would God do? All the promises of God flowing through her, that she would actually give birth to kings. That wasn't even on her list, but it was on God's list. And so here's the spoiler for the end of Ruth. Absolutely unbelievable. Kings coming from Ruth. King David. One after the other, the kings of Judah. And of course, Jesus Christ, the king of all kings. They come from her. So brothers and sisters, it's like Ruth is a wake-up call to all those born into the kingdom. Wake up. Take God's promises, what little you know or what lot you know, and leave the land of slavery. Go and cling to your Lord Jesus Christ. He is your everything. He is your future. He is the light of the world. He's your only blessing. You might think, this is my future. i to work hard, have a family. Be left alone in peace and in health. It's about the here and now. But no. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is your future. Cling to Him. He will take you places. And there's times that you will, you will miss the old life because He's taking you places. You will want to go back to those leeks and cucumbers of Egypt. Family, friends, and food. And He takes you into His kingdom now, joining you to a new people. This is Christ your King, a new family. You have brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, and He's shaping you to be a blessing to others. So more outsiders come in. Remember Abraham? Maybe you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 in that great table of faith. Hebrews 11, verses 8 and 9, Abraham's mentioned. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's how Hebrews 11 starts. And then you get to verses 8 and 9. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place where he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, 
the heirs of, with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. This is you. Sometimes you have to put this into your own language, right? By faith, you obeyed when you were called to go to your inheritance. By faith, you go out not knowing where you're going. By faith, you dwell in the land of promise as in a foreign country. You're dwelling in tents with more heirs of the same promise beside you. For you wait for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So Hebrews 11 says, you have an eternal inheritance. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. Run with endurance. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Cling to Jesus. So this is, this is your song, brothers and sisters, the song of Ruth. You just have to be clear that you know. You're saying, Lord Jesus, where you go, I will go. And like Ruth, you don't have all the details. You definitely have more than she had. If you've been baptized, you have more. God has said to you, I am your God. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. My people will be with you alongside you. My Holy Spirit will be with you so that you are both blessed and a blessing. That you would reign as kings and queens in the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, this chapter really leaves you with a comparison. Naomi, meh, bitter. Where can I get the food I need and the family I need and the friends I need? Moab might work for you. Israel works for me. That's the Naomi we see in this chapter. Naomi and her evangelism. How not to win your neighbor for Christ. How not to appreciate God's promises of land and and people, and glories. But notice Ruth. Notice the mighty work of the Holy Spirit in Ruth's life. And Ruth puts us all to shame. What crumbs she receives falling from the table. She will not take no for an answer. And she's excited to leave home and follow Naomi to the kingdom. How can you not be thankful How can you not be hopeful? How can you not be joyful? Where you go, I will go. You have the words of eternal life. Congregation, you want to be encouraged? Meet outsiders and speak of Christ. Jesus Christ is not just an addition to an otherwise fulfilling life. He is your everything. Meet new believers. Hear them speak of Jesus Christ. Hear them speak of the blood of Christ washing away their sins. Hear them speak of the resurrection of Christ. New life, new hope that you're not always stuck in sin. Hear new believers speak of the joy of belonging to others just like them, broken, who are healed in Christ. Hear new believers speak of, how can we be a blessing to others? 
Hear new believers speak of eternal life, the hope forevermore. This book of Ruth, God highlights this kingdom child. God says, I have a harvest to gather in. I have people from every tribe and nation and language. Join me at the feast. Amen.